0: Hey, welcome back to the all in podcast. And today we are joined by Prince Daniels, Jr. He's a former NFL running back turned high performance mentor, entrepreneur and author of the book mindfulness for the ultimate athlete mastering the balance between power and peace. In this podcast, he actually opens up about how meditation literally saved his life. And I will give a trigger warning. We do discuss suicide, mental health, and depression in this podcast. So just a fair warning if that is something that could trigger you. If you're looking to take your mindset your life or your sport career to the next level, this is a great conversation to listen to. This is your host, Natalie Alport, and on this podcast, we dive into the mindset, knowledge, and stories behind inspiring and passionate individuals who know what it takes to go all in. So whether you're here for motivation, to learn something new, or just real conversation, I'm humbled you're listening and stoked to go all in with you. I'm so excited today to be joined by Prince Daniels Jr., former NFL running back turned high-performance mentor, entrepreneur, and author of the book, Mindfulness for the Ultimate Athlete, Mastering the Balance Between Power and Peace. How is it going today?
1: <laughs> it's going amazing. It's going amazing. How are you today?
0: I am good. I'm great. It's sunny. <laughs> like we discussed, I got some some fresh <laughs> snow, and so that that makes me happy.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm in sunny San Diego and enjoying it. I love the weather. I try to go to the beach at least two to three times a week. Um, I live near the beach and uh, I make sure I don't take it for granted. And those are, the, those are the, the things that you have, have to appreciate while you're there, while you're near it and while it's, while it's in arms reach.
0: Yeah. Yeah. San Diego seems like a great spot. And I think we've had a few people on on the podcast who are from San Diego. Seems like such a mecca for athletes, like both while they're in sport and former athletes as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can train here all all year round. You know, it probably rains like uh, maybe 20% of the year and, and the 80% is just sunny, 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 sunny. So it's a beautiful place. That's why
0: all like the outdoor sport athletes that are like summer sport athletes, they all come from the U.S., not from Canada, because it's (laughs) much harder. Like here, it's so hard to train all, all year round. Like even in Vancouver, it just rains nonstop. And that's the only place that it's at least warm enough to somewhat be outside all the time.
1: Wow, really? Wow. I, I thought it just snowed because from all your <laughs> videos and your pictures, all I see is snow and you're working on the snow. I'm like being smoked because I'll be like,
0: No, they passed me the weight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no choice but to like love the snow in the outdoors. Otherwise, you're just going to be miserable, which I mean, that's, that's something that is hard for, for a lot of us up here. Like, we don't get enough sun, we don't get enough vitamin D. Um, yeah. so many, so many problems. But I mean, getting outside if you can uh, is is amazing.
1: Wow! And then hold on, not to mention that you take cold showers. So <laughs> you take cold showers. You work out in the in the snow, like beast mode okay like how you do this
0: no. <laughs> the key to the cold shower is you gotta like either get your heart rate up first like today I did like my bike workout and then I hopped into the shower and actually mm. I usually start like I'll do like maybe a warm shower to like actually like wash my hair and everything then right. the cold but yeah. today I was just like so sweating from being on the bike that I literally I was like I just crave going straight to the cold so I went straight to the cold and then did like a warm to actually wash my hair
1: <laughs> nice no, like. <clears throat>
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's all about that, the controlling the breath. It's the hard. Breath. Like it exactly. especially when it hits your back, like right over Ooh, your lungs.
1: Oh yeah. no. The, the key is to, yeah, you have to get your head wet first. That's the key. That's always the key for me. You know, oh, get my yeah. head wet first and then um after I do that it sends a signal to the brain, like, okay, here comes cold water through the rest of the body. Let's go, let's go, let's go. <gasps> all right. Now we're good. Turn the water off. <laughs> yeah, because <No. laughs>
0: sometimes with the long hair, then the cold water, like Ooh. it stays in your hair and then it's like dripping. And so even though you put it back to hot, like you still yeah. have that cold, oh. Yeah. Not the greatest.
1: Yeah, I know, but I, I, love, I love the cold showers. That's a part of my morning routine as well. But I start off with the warm water first and then I end it with the cold shower. So I make sure that I control my breathing. Once I get it under control, and I'm done with my shower, everything. My nerves feel like they've just been frozen. And uh, <laughs> I get out and I, I start my day. I start the day of a champion. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah.
0: Do you do uh, like any sauna stuff too? Like heat heat work?
1: Um, yeah, I do. Uh, I enjoy the steam room and the sauna not as much... Um but the steam room, most definitely. Like when I'm in the steam room, I probably take the longest inhale possible and the longest exhale that you can possibly take. Um I suck in all of the uh the steam and I work out while I'm in the steam room as well.
0: Awesome. Wow, that's uh, that sounds crazy to work on the steam room see like I'm adjusted <laughs> to the cold,
1: but not the hot. <laughs> wow, wow yeah. So I mean I, I yeah, I'm not adjusted to the hot, to the cold, but I can I can get down with the cold, but I'm I'm not a big fan of it. Like when I when I when I trained, um when I was in my professional my professional career, the cold tub was never my friend. I get in the mm-hmm. tow tub and everyone's just like, just stay here, man, you okay? I was just like, nah, that's not for me. That's not for me. You know, and so um I, I would just go go sit 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 by a wall and lie down and, and keep my eggs, my, my legs elevated. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way, the, the blood would rush back down to my body. Then, after I finish, I get back up, and it seemed like it did the exact same thing um, uh, in preserving my my, my muscles um, in the same way that it does whenever you sit in a cold tub.
0: Mm, interesting. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't tried that, but yeah. What, what was your routine like of recovery physically and mentally while you were playing? Cause I know for us, like when I was snowboarding, we had the same, like, we had a hydrotherapy room um, mm-hmm. and it was in the gym. And so after riding, we would do the cold, hot and contrast. We would put a Taylor Swift song and like, okay, stay in <laughs> for the duration. And uh, cause it's like a group of us girls, right? It's like a whole hey. woman's team. And that's what we would do. And I remember we would, we would be so excited. We were like, okay, on our rest day, let's just enjoy hot tub. That would be great. Great, the treat. (laughs) And every time we would walk into the gym and we would look at each other and be like, we have to do the cold tub, don't (laughs) we?
1: Okay. Well, my my routine was more so uh, just one, always staying hydrated. You know, Um, one of the things that I wish I would have done was drink more water. Like, Mm. water is key to everything. And I just never drank um, enough water. And also drinking water from a, a glass bottle as opposed to a plastic bottle, uh, just being extremely mindful of that. Um, just because it, the water the water is alive, and so it it, it maintains its livelihood if you keep it in a glass bottle as opposed to a plastic bottle. Uh, and and that was one of the things that I wish I would have done more. But my routine was more so um, my recovery routine was water and meditation. And um, as, I, as I mentioned, lie down against the wall on my back and keep my, and, and it's like a 90, 90 degree angle. My legs would be in the air and I'm against the wall and I read a book. And that was my recovery time. Once my legs would go numb, I will um, finish reading. You know, I read my book for about 15 minutes. Once I finished reading my book and I get back up, barely could walk because my legs are numb. But guess what? They felt extremely great. And then I would work on my hips. Um, I had this hip exercise that I would work on uh, that that helped me recover, help my core, uh, help me bring my core back to where it needs to be. And that was my recovery routine, make sure that I get um, proper sleep. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, and that was pretty much it. But for the most part, uh, I didn't have to do too much to recover. It's just one of those things where – um, I recover I recover pretty fast. And then I love the steam room as I mentioned before, you know, just get in the steam room and sucking in all the air, just ah, all right, let's go. And then get out, maybe maybe plunge in the cold tub but then get out, just you know, think to myself, like, why did I do that? You know, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was my routine um for recovery and then and I recovered very quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wonder like how the meditation plays into that because what I've like heard from studies and coaches is that it's, it's actually just getting yourself into the parasympathetic state is that's when you're optimally going to be recovered. And so if some of these, for example, if you're like, Oh my God, I get to do this amount of time of stretching and this, and it's stressing you out to actually do those things, then perhaps you're taking away from the ability to recover when you could just be having a nap, meditating, sleeping, like doing some of those easier things to you because, they're quickly just getting you to relax. And if you're relaxed, you're going to be recovering.
1: Right. You know, like the, the mindset is um, go, go, go. Right. And you don't think about recovering. Just like if I'm asleep, then I'm not getting better. But uh, the truth of the matter is you are sleeping. You know, mental repetition is better than physical mm-hmm. uh, repetition. And uh, you, need, you need your vehicle to, to, to perform the task that your mind wants it to perform. Um, and so, your when you think about when you think about your mind, your mind doesn't your mind can't tell the difference between your reality and a dream. So whenever you're having a dream, your mind is just like, wow, that was that was real. What's what's going on? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and you wake up from it and you're just like, oh, it was just a dream. Um, and then when you're in your reality, you get into a situation where it's so surreal, it seems like it's a dream. So your mind is not able to tell a difference. So uh, the most important thing that you need to do is rest your body, rest your vehicle, because it gets you from point A to point B. And um, your your mind never really rests, but you have to rest the body to be able to perform the task that you imagine or that you visualize yourself doing. Um, and that was always like a um, one of the things that I, I really understood was uh, like with meditation and sleep. You know how they go hand in hand because sleep is unconscious meditation, and meditation is conscious sleep. So whether I do whether I do one, whether I go to sleep, I'm going to recover. Whether I meditate, I'm going to recover as well because what I'm doing, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm pulling in cosmic energy. Everybody receives cosmic energy at night whenever they sleep, and that's what that is—the energy that replenishes the body. And so whenever you practice meditation, you're actually pulling it in or you're creating, you're opening yourself up so you can have some more of that cosmic energy and it can flow through your, your nadis ease uh, throughout your body, which is like 72,000 energetic nadis in your body, you know, and um, it's sure it allows for you to, you know, get back up and do, and do the things that you need to do. So um, if I only get like four hours of sleep, door, uh, I do, an hour to an hour and a half meditation, and then it helped me recover those uh, those other four hours. So um, it's like I got eight hours of sleep after just doing a one hour to one and a half hour meditation.
0: Wow, yeah, I really, I like that. And I'm glad that you brought it up because I was actually just, I mean probably less than a week ago, I was listening to a podcast by neuroscientist, Dr. Andrew Huberman, and he has a new podcast, The Huberman Lab. And he was talking about non-sleep uh, deep rest and about like people have naps, but often the issue with naps, people might wake up feeling groggy because they might've gone into a REM stage um, and waking themselves up in the middle or all these different factors. But he's been trying just doing, instead of a midday nap to like boost your energy, what if you just do like this deep meditation? And so he's been studying the neuroscience behind it and showing that that can actually really reinvigorate your energy and you know recover and rest just through the meditation.
1: Yeah, most definitely. You know, um, I think when it comes to naps, you have to sit up. Like you, you, you cannot lie down when you take a nap um, in a bed. You need to sit up if you want to wake up um, non-groggy. Mm-hmm. Because um, <clears throat> again, as I was mentioning, the cosmic energy. Right, um, you're sitting in a, in a uh, in an upward position, and you receive most of your energy, you know, from like the crown of your head down to your spine, all the way down to your lower chakra. And, and, you know, and I really don't, I really do not get into this, but it's the best way for me to explain it. Uh, it's, and if you take a nap, a cat nap, Right. And you sit up and you you, you sit up in a chair and you doze off. And, you know, it's almost like you're you're practicing meditation because even while your eyes are closed and someone says something to you, like, I'm not asleep, I can still hear you You (laughs) resting my eyelids. eyelids, Right. And so um, that's a part of it. That's one part of it. Uh, But, yeah, sitting up and meditating um, um, after you do some work. Yeah, it's it's. It's cool, but sometimes the body needs the rest, depending on how much um, work you've put into it. You know, Again, it just comes to you have to see the you have to see the body as a vehicle, uh, any any type of vehicle. You if you put it into overdrive and and you don't do the the, the, the proper things to maintain its maintenance, then um, you know it breaks down on you. Same thing with the body. You know, so the body needs six to eight hours of rest. Uh, and so you make sure that it gets that amount of rest so that you can use the energy that <clears throat> that you've restored in your body um, to perform the tasks that you need for the for the next day. You know, because th- for me, it's very important to um, plan, plan, plan tomorrow for today. So what I mean by that is. My day is not over until I plan for tomorrow. So I need to write down everything on my schedule so I know how to prioritize my energy that I'm going to restore for these tasks for the next day. You know, for the things that's going to take a lot more mental power, I have to put them first on my list to to knock them out. And then that way I know, you know, once my energy level depletes, then, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to do this. I have this energy for that, for that, for that. I've already I've already uh, mapped it out in my mind. Um, And and when you practice meditation, you learn how to cultivate energy and you learn how to, uh, um, there's just an abundance of energy. So you just have to be mindful of like how you're going to use your energy. It's like investing your money into something. It's like your time as well. Energy, time, money, I feel have all like a a similar correlation. You know, and it's about how you invest it, uh, how to utilize it, what are you putting it into Um, who are you putting your your energy and your time and your money into, so forth. So I feel like it's the same thing.
0: I love how you like touched on scheduling kind of around your energy. Cause that's like something that I, I feel like I've, I've been doing a lot lately, especially like during the pandemic, I, I would even like look at what the weather is like. And I know like, okay, it's a sunny day and I'm going to like say in the summer, um, I'm going to get outside. And like, actually in the summer I was setting up a desk outside so that I could just like get as much sunlight as possible. I was like, those are the days where I'm feeling like I know how I feel on those days. I know I have more energy. I know I'm going to be more inspired. Um, and this is the task that I can put there, maybe more mentally draining ones versus the kind of monogamy. Automists just you know get this done it's routine those stuff it's like those are the things okay when my energy is lower let me schedule it in there because otherwise I'm using my high energy on these low energy tasks and um, I feel the same way now like I'm like in the morning I feel like all this energy from my cold shower from my morning meditation so I'm like okay like let me what do I put in the morning like for example I was like okay I have to do podcast editing (laughs) <laughs> Today, I switched it because this morning, I was like, I felt like I had a lot of energy. And I was like, this is something that I can kind of, you know, it's routine, you're just editing, waiting right. for something to export. Let me right. put that right. to like, later when I'm not feeling so energized.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and and that's that's how you you literally have to plan your day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, they don't do that. They look at their day, they look at the hours, and then they plug in as many things as possible. But They don't realize that like your energy will dictate your day.
1: Exactly. You can say that again. Wow. <laughs> yes.
0: So I want to go back to like, you touched on water, which is something I had no, no plan of talking about, but that was like really interesting. I think people might want to learn a little bit more because did you watch that documentary series that was with Zac Efron? I think it came out last year and there was a whole episode Mm -hmm. um, on water and he was talking about like the water quality these days, especially tap water. And then even just the qualities of different uh, bottled water and then the taste profiles and the minerals and these things that we don't think about. We just think, oh, water in our body but some water actually isn't really helping us and other water is is actually has like the right minerals and the right, you know, consistency and all these things that are helping us. Could you dive a little bit deeper on, on water?
1: Yeah, most definitely. So I, I never seen the documentary or heard about it. I think my wife, she watched it uh, a little bit and um, she, had, she had mentioned it. She's just like, look, they're talking about water. I was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. I was like, yeah, because um, I spent time in a monastery. Okay. And and while I was there, um, um, we we had glass bottles. We walked around with glass bottles, um, and one of the things that uh, with, with having the glass bottle, one, it made me extremely conscious because um, one, you know, you drop a glass bottle, that's <laughs> it, right? Yeah. So, you got to be mindful of what you're doing at all times. Um, two, uh, drinking spring water. As the best, uh, um, best, and the nutritionist type of water that you need to consume and put in your body, um, and and water, you know, since our bodies are made up of 70, 74, 77 percent of 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 water, then we need to constantly drink water. Water is a healing element. It is the one thing that everything in the world is made of. So when you are creating, you know, wood has water in it, right? Or the the first element, um, it, it needs wood, like trees, they need wood. I mean, they, they need water. Um, uh, food, any type of food that we have, it needs water. Like everything that we make needs water. When you mold like toys, plastic, it needs water. So there's always water in everything. So once you understand that, then you understand like the significance of water and the type of water that you need to put into your body. So now we get to, um, it's healing, it's, it's, it's healing mechanism. Um, uh, at nighttime, when your body repairs itself, it needs the water to repair itself. It's, again, it's a healing element. When you wake up in the morning, it flushes your system. It helps with your digestive system. Um, it, it 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 circulates your blood. Like water is the number one element for anything. And I saw this documentary um, called "The Secret Lives: The Secret Life of Water." Not sure okay. if you've ever seen. That I have to watch it. Yeah, it's a it's a really good documentary. I think it's about two or three hours long, and um, a doctor about a doctor. I forgot his first name but Dr. Emoto, a uh, Japanese research uh, doctor uh, or scientist he did a study on water and basically he froze the water uh, and he froze it he did uh, he froze the water to see it's it's crystal like shaped like snow mm-hmm. if you look at snow you know closely like the flakes that fall down those crystals, you know they're not the same crystals. Everyone has this unique shape and 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 size. It's like it's like fingerprints, right? Um, and and he was trying to figure out like how do they fall like that? You know how how do they form like that? Um, and so he did a study on water on how if you speak positively to water. He, oh, he, and he had rice inside the water as well. So he had rice and water. And he spoke positive to one cup that had the rice and water. He neglected the water with the rice in the middle. And the the, the rice and water on the end, he spoke negative, negatively to it. And so over the course of, I want to say three weeks, um, the water that he spoke positive to maintain uh, uh, its its form it, it, and nothing happened to the water. It's, it was actually, he said, it it, um, uh, it increased uh, its, um, uh, I guess its position, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Well, I do know how to explain it, but it just increased its, um, or it just stayed the way that it, that it should have stayed. You know, nothing okay. happened. When he neglected the one in the middle, um, the one in the middle, uh, it, the, the water became murky, uh, mm-hmm. and then for the one uh, at the end, the negative when he spoke negative to it, the water turned black. Wow. So So it basically responded to the the energy that was given to it. And so what it, what it made me realize is why you have uh, priests and preachers, you know, praying over water, you know, creating holy water, right? Because there's a vibration that you give off whenever you are. Um, around water and so our energy affects everything around us right and so what I saw was how our energy affects the water um, around us and the water that we consume and if our bodies are made of 74 or 77 percent of water then how are we're affecting ourselves and so that was the reason why I really started becoming more mindful of my, my intake of water and and how I was going to use it to, to heal myself. Um, and I realized that like your energy, your vibration, you know, um, has an effect on your environment. So if you can have the right type of water, Right, um, then you'll be able to heal yourself. You'll be able to heal the water. You'll be able to pray over the water. The water will become the the most nutritious water that you need. It's like little crystals. You drink it. You drink it. It heals you. Boom. You're moving forward in your life. And so that's the reason why I, um, uh, I I'm an advocate for water. Like I just love water. 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 <laughs> I even have my water bottle over here, but I didn't want to get out of the camera and reach for it. But um, It's just always good to have water and make sure that you have a glass water bottle to hold the water. So then that way um, you can you can taste the difference. You can taste the difference whenever you if if you drink from a glass water bottle and then you um, well, like say, for instance, you, you drink from a glass water bottle for one week. And then you you drink from a plastic water bottle. You'll taste the difference immediately. And you'll realize like, okay, I'm drinking the bacteria well, not bacteria, but I'm drinking plastic. Mm. Um and I'm drinking everything else. And I don't think this water is good for me and good for my body. So make sure I, you know, I'll switch it up.
0: Yeah, no, I like that. And I think, you know, uh, it's interesting, like when we could talk about water, energy, sunlight, meditation, and like some people, it's it's funny, because I see like this on the internet, especially they're like, what do you guys t-? like, it sounds all crazy and hippie and <laughs> all these things, right? But when right. you when you think about it, and this is like something that has changed in in my own perspective lately is like, What do we do every day we breathe we like we need to get we get outside we like experience the the changes in the weather we we drink water we eat we and it's all those things that people are always skeptical about they're like oh that sounds crazy like what are you talking about drinking water what are you talking about breathing through your nose what are you talking about spending time like you know like just being present and conscious or you know putting out good energy and vibrations but when you like really think about it, it's almost crazy to ignore those things. Like, why would we think that like some crazy drink that we just invented in the last two years, (laughs) is gonna cure us when it's literally, it's like, what are those foundations that every animal needs and everyone uses? Like, how can we use those things? And so it's almost crazy to think that water can't heal us or that the sun can't help us. It's like, it's just interesting.
1: Right, no, you're so right. you, You know, when people, start to think like that they don't change their thought process until the water is and there's scarcity when it comes to water mm-hmm. or there's no more water or you're breathing like you're there's a shortness of breath then they really start paying more attention like hey you know what that's not as crazy as you as you were saying it was Yeah, to come back and be like i drink water all the time because i know <laughs> that it's not going to exist anymore uh but you know so i it's just They're just taking it for granted, that's all.
0: Yeah, it's almost like in this, with this pandemic, what I noticed a lot was like the first week that it happened, everyone was out walking, everyone. And I was like, these people have never walked, like gone for a walk in their lives. And it
1: was was so
0: funny, because it's like, they were going to work every day, spending all this time commuting and at work and not, you know, walking or exercising. All of a sudden, they're at home the same (laughs) time. But all of a sudden, they're like, Oh, my God, I need to walk, I need to exercise. It's just so interesting how that wake up call, like got them to realize how important it actually was.
1: Right, right. Right. I mean, you know, it makes us think about um, um, as humans, you know, how uh, we set our priorities, you know, what's important. And so thankfully for this pandemic, it made everybody kind of sit down and do a little introspection and and figure out like who I am and what do I want out of life? You know, yeah. these these are the questions that uh, we've neg- ne- we've neglected for so long. And you know we have to ask ourselves these questions because it's just it's, it's almost like you're in a rat race or you're a hamster on the wheel and you turn turning and turn and turn and turn and turn just like, guess what I got money y'all It's <laughs> like well how's your how's your health and how's your life We're like I got money y'all <laughs> <laughs> just like okay, all right and so you know um what's wealth when there's no health next to it so
0: mm. that's,
1: you know that's really what people have to really think about.
0: Yeah, I like that. So, like, I really I want to dive into to meditation for for all people, but especially for athletes. But before we get to that point, like, I want to go back to the start of your journey. What was your journey to becoming an NFL player like? What was that transition out of it? And when did you actually like come into learning about meditation for the first time? It's um, like a big yeah. question, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it's OK. Um, uh, my journey with meditation. Um, so I've been practicing meditation since I was in high school, but I really didn't know, you know, I was five minutes here, five minutes there. I read some books on it. My dad was a um, um, a black belt in karate. And, and so then I had two uncles who were um, always... Trying to figure out, you know, what what else was there in life, and how can we go further? Mm-hmm. And so I, I followed in their footsteps as well. And so they were some they were my role models. They would go to the monastery, they would come back, and like they were glowing, it's like <laughs> like I want that, I want that. But after I finished playing football, yeah, but I so I, I want that, and um, did well in high school. Didn't do well on the ACT, SAT, the standardized tests. Um, so I didn't get a scholarship but I was offered like over 20 scholarships uh, in high school and um, I didn't go to any school. I didn't get it. Since, and since I didn't get an athletic scholarship, I had good grades, um, but the standard to get into or the requirements to get into a school with the standardized test and my grades, I didn't meet that requirement until after the signing day. So mm. um, I passed, I passed the SAT as um, ACT, SAT, after this, the signing day in um, Georgia Tech. They just happened to come and recruit that that first year in high school. Um, so they told me, you know, I could be a walk-on for the first year, and then after that, we can see if I can earn a scholarship. And um, um, that's what happened. I got accepted into Georgia Tech. I walked on to the, to the team, and um, I was, like, number fifth on the depth chart, and I was – Really happy because I I saw an opportunity for me to to earn my way to the starting position. But then the next year, um, we recruited two more backs. Uh, is that right? Yeah, we recruited two more backs. And so now I'm number seventh on the depth chart. <laughs> so I went from five to number seven. And I'm like, oh man, I'm still gonna play no matter what. You know, I had this, I had these dreams and aspiration, And so push come to shove. Um, coaches transition. The initial conversation that I had with the coaches about getting a scholarship, that fell through. And I was back to square one, trying to prove myself to these new coaches Coaches that just came in. One coach told me that I sucked and I wouldn't amount to anything. and My chances of playing at Georgia Tech are one in a million. Wow. My chances of playing in the NFL are one in a billion. So I made it up in my mind that I wasn't going to allow for him to steal my dream because it's my dream. So um, from there, for the next three months, I worked out you know, a couple of times, probably at least three or four where I worked out until I passed out uh, because I was so determined. And every day for workouts, from that from that point on, he told me that I sucked. Uh, it was like a two mile distance from the athletic center to our dorm room. I would run right before workouts to the weight room. And my teammates would pass me by in their car and they'd be like, hey, Pete, come on, let's get in the car. We got you, man. I'm just like, I see you at the weight room. And I just kept running. I was so determined because somebody said that I could not amount to anything. And from that point on, You know, um, I just worked so hard, not caring about what anybody said. I used to run around campus, Um, like this big campus with a football in my hand and my backpack (laughs) on and my headphones on, you know, just running. And one of my teammates brought it up recently. And he said, uh, my old teammates, my college teammates, he said, he said, man, when I saw you, I was just like, who is that? He's like, I'm coming to this school because I want to be, I want to know who he is. Like, why (laughs) he just running like, and he don't care what nobody thinks about him, nothing. He just running around with a football in his hand, just with his headphones on and just doing moves. I was in my own world, did not care. I didn't care what I looked like. And so I, I studied, you know, extremely hard. So I got all academic, um, all conference. You know, and it wasn't a coincidence, it was just the hard work that I put in. And then from there, um, I broke NCAA records, still have an NCAA record, but I think somebody broke it just recently for the most rushing yards in the bowl game. I have to go and double check. Um, But that was in 2004. Um, Shortly after that, um, I get drafted to um, the Baltimore Ravens, the NFL team, and I played three incredible years with them, but uh, my career was cut short due to injuries. And uh, it wasn't career-ending injuries, but it was just I kept getting hurt at the, at the, uh, at the wrong time.
0: I feel that. Yeah. Right.
1: And so um it's just like, man, what is going on? And I wasn't drinking enough water. <laughs> I so serious. I, I know I wasn't because, um, I could, I, I can, I understand the difference now. I really understand. Like, I understand the, 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 the benefits of drinking water constantly, you know, Um, so I'm not going to deviate to that. Um, so (laughs) I'm going to stay, stay focused on this. So, um, I played with the Baltimore Ravens and after I played with the Ravens, um, before my, my career was over, my second, my my second year in the league for the first time, I went to the monastery, you know, I wanted to go to the monastery because I wanted to separate myself and, and, and football. Is this like like a Buddhist monastery? No, it's a non, um. It's a how do I say it? it's a um it's a non renunciate monastery so okay. and and um we don't condemn nor condone any religion uh, ah, or, I like
0: that concept
1: yeah you know, um and um but it's all of the above so when like when people ask asking me like what are you like I'm spiritual so like you know like is that is that a religion or just like no I, I said well when it comes to religion, I'm all of the above because there's truth to every religion. You know, in the world, they're just like, okay, all right. Well, <laughs> on to the next conversation. You know, because I, I just remind people that we are all human beings. You know, first and foremost, the religion that comes second. You know, it's not first because if you have different beliefs and different views, um, when it comes to anything that has to do with uh, uh, humanitarian, you know, you don't think about a, your religion before you make a decision. So say for instance, you're in dire need, you you and and you scream out for help, you know, I'm not gonna be like, wait, what religion are you? <laughs> and then I can figure out if I can help you. I go, my I initially, you know, feel like she's in distress. She needs my help. I go, I help. Mm, you know wherever you are, I help you out. And then afterwards you're just like, oh yeah, this is my religion and this is my religion. And it's just like, well, look, I don't care about that. You know, all I care about is that we're friends now. I was able to help you. We made a connection beyond the religious part. So that's how, you know, humanity works. It's not about, you know, putting my religion up there as a shield. Uh, And so so that's what I explain to people. Um, So, Second year in the career, went to the monastery, you know, and I was just like, I'm about to zen out on these fools, man. I'm coming back. You guys, y'all don't even know what I could do. You know, then I ended up hurting myself. I was just like, come on, what's going on? And uh, because I I had just reached the level where I figured out the game. I've increased my speed from a 4.5 to a 4.2. And my, my level of focus was, was, was beyond, like, I don't know, I reached a level of focus where I was just in a state of supreme confidence mm. and nothing could stop me. I could just feel it. I'm just like, whenever I would go, to, whenever I would go to practice, you know, I had a practice where um, I remember saying to myself, like, I'm, I'm, I'm competing against human beings. I was like, oh, okay, let's go. You know, and it's just like, you are like, I don't care how big and strong you are. Like I have all the skills and all the tools to defeat you no matter what. And I, but I always approach it in that, in that manner once i reached that 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 level of confidence. Um, and I was fearless, wasn't afraid of anything. Just everything that I saw, it was like a, a blank slate. Like no matter how big you are, I'm just like, yeah. Uh, sounds good you ready all right sounds good like like, are you ready like i'll ask you first like let's move forward it's just like like man you know so it was during practice and during the games when i had control over my emotions but outside of that i didn't have control over my emotions
0: mm.
1: so um so from there i i ended up hurting myself and after i hurt myself um I had a self-identity crisis because I was let go. So you prepare all your life for this, um, for this one, this one activity. You know this big stage, this big big platform, and you have all these skills, and you don't get a chance to display these skills on that platform. And once it's over, you have to go and look for a new career. And so that's where the self-identity crisis came from, through this transition. And then uh, from there, uh, it led to a depression, suicidal ideation, and suicide attempt. And I put together a three-day plan to um, to end my life. And uh, on the third day, um, I called some people um, and you know, every, no one really told me what I wanted to hear. Uh, Uh, um, throughout the seven people that I called. But then the last phone call was just a quick phone call, just like meditate and hung up the phone. I was just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I I went and meditated and I'm just like, all right, well, this is my last lifeline. You know, if something happens, then, you know, it happens, but if it doesn't, then I'm going to go ahead and go in the room and, um, and basically blow my head off. Um, And um, um, yeah, I, I meditated for one hour, and within the last three minutes of the meditation, um, something happened, and I went to a oh, space yeah. where I reached a level of peace that was just so calming, uh, so tranquil that once the timer went off, you know, it's it was like it sucked me out of the out of the space. And I remember coming out of it and I was like, no, 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 no. What was that? What was that? And um, tears started shooting down my face. I was just like, what was that? And from that moment, I never um, wanted to harm myself ever again. And I said, you know, um, I'm going to chase that for the rest of my life. Whatever that was, I'm going to seek that out. And um, that was 11 years ago. So,
0: yeah.
1: um, yeah. So I've been on that on that uh, mindfulness and meditation tip for a very long time, and I've had other experiences um, and you know of, of brief enlightenment. But you know now that I'm really deep into it, like I know the benefits. It's not like something like like, like I read in the book. Like I have read books, uh, uh, but I've experienced a lot of the stuff that I read in the book as well.
0: Mm, wow! So meditation literally saved your life.
1: That's it. That's it.
0: Wow. That's so powerful. Thank you oh. for, for sharing that story. That's so impactful. And, and that's I, the trust that that person had to just tell you meditate and hang up the phone is <laughs> mind blowing.
1: Yeah. They've been practicing meditation for 75 years, um, or 70 years plus. Uh, um, and yeah, they're the spiritual, um, leader at the monastery mm. and, and, um, yeah, it was just a quick conversation. I, was, I lamented about everything that I had going on. It's like, I just lost my job. I lost one of my condos. I just lost you know, one of my house. Like, what's going on? Like, my my, my my life is crumbling. Like, everything that I work for, you know, I'm losing it just like this. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm losing myself. I'm about to kill myself, you know? And he was like, are you done? Wow. For the first time, I was like, what? Am I done? Like, I, that was the first time I ever I felt myself exhale through that yeah. whole process of what I was doing. And he was just like, meditate, click. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Oh. <laughs> like he just minimized everything that I said, you know, as I I thought I dramatized it.
0: That's that's crazy. So, what was right. your meditation practice, or is your meditation practice, and how has it progressed? Like, what do you actually go through when you meditate? Because I know there's so many different forms.
1: Right, right. It's like over, it's over 100 forms of meditation. I think it's like 112. Okay, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, either 112 or 102. The number in the middle, I, I forget. <laughs> about. It's
0: a so, zero or a one, but somewhere it's up a zero there.
1: or a one, one of the two, right? Um, uh, the the three that I teach. Um, or uh, focus on the breath. Uh, the going into the meditation with one initial focus, or uh, focusing on um, just sitting and observing and witnessing. Uh, so for me, just whatever one arises, whatever one I feel uh, comfortable with today. You know, whatever problem that I'm working on. If I'm seeking, you know, um. For an answer uh, to a problem, you know, I sit and I observe, just period. Like, I don't even try to look for the answer. I allow the answer to come to me. Uh, In the same way, if you are, you know, think of yourself as like a, um, if you're trying to feed a squirrel and you're the problem, because you're big, you're the big problem. (laughs) And so you're trying to feed a squirrel who is very small who is it? That's the solution. So if you're going to chase after the squirrel, the squirrel is guaranteed to run away. But if you sit and you put the food by you and you keep the food in your hand, the squirrel will actually come to you and grab the food. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when it comes to problems and solutions, a lot of times where constantly trying to figure out, you know, how to figure out the problem, but we don't understand that. We can elevate our vantage point by just sitting and observing, you know, because there's another way. And so a lot of people think it's just only one way, but you know, you can elevate yourself um, through your mindset. Um, The breath is one of the things that you learn how to focus on. It's probably one of the first ways I learned, you know, through meditation was through the breath, just being able to observe the breath, being able to count it, being able to count um, your exhales and your inhales, um, um, you know, all the way to a set number. Um, then, after you do that, or if you get distracted, you repeat it. Uh, and then the last one is just going into it with the initial thought, uh, really focusing on this one thing, whatever that one thing may be. And if your mind deviates from it, which it will, uh, um, you bring it back to that focus. So, um, for me, yeah, those are pretty much the three ones that I, I, I teach and, um, I practice as well, but I practice a lot more, uh, meditations.
0: Yeah. How long do you usually meditate for? And like, do you do it multiple times a day?
1: Um, no, whenever I go to a monastery, yes. But, okay. um, when, when I'm not at the monastery no, I do it one time a day for one hour, somewhere between 45 minutes to an hour. Um, Uh, Every morning, like, you know, and that's the key. Consistency is the key. Same place, same time, every day, you know, you create, uh, you create like an energy force, you know, around yourself. Um, And since like, once you come back to it, every single day, it's waiting there for you. It's almost like the, like how the sun, you know, like Mm -hmm. the sun shines regardless of the weather. Every day, and so um, that meditation space is waiting for you every single day. It's there. Uh, it's just only up to you to discipline yourself to go and sit there uh, and reap the benefits. Um, as I was mentioning mentioning before earlier, it's about cosmic energy. You know, you learn how to uh, uh, revisit your your space. You'll receive you'll receive an abundance of cosmic energy. You know, every day. So, um, yeah.
0: Wow. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. I think like the daily, like setting the same time each day and going like for me, it's like first thing when I wake up, um, that's the first thing I do and it'll be before the sun. And what's really, I, I think is cool is you know, I close my eyes. And then once I open my eyes, it's light out. So it's dark. And then it starts, the sun is starting to come up and it's just a really, you know, it's like just a really good space to be in, but I've been dabbling with like different, I guess, guided meditations and trying different things. Um, mm-hmm. And, and for you, is it usually, do you do any guided meditations? Do you teach people guided meditations or do you mostly just teach them like in complete silence?
1: No. So um, it's a combination of all of all, all of the three or the, all of the ones that you name. Um, I do guided meditation. Um, um, I practice uh, some guided meditation. Um, uh, and um, um, I practice some silence as well. But, you know, I recommend music. <laughs> or or mm. some some natural sounds, uh, like the sound of the ocean or birds, because uh, um, your mind is already active uh, in the first place, so uh, if you can get it to to be active on you know something that's natural, uh natural sounds or just music the the bells and whistles uh, um, it 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 allows for your your vibration frequency in your body to heighten itself, one, and then two, um, uh, it allows for you to to actually focus on something other than the chaotic thoughts that are in your brain, you know? Yeah. So um, silence comes, you know, after you've learned how to sit, you know, for a little bit, but um, trying to like, Start off with a silent meditation, you know, after you just, you probably started like two, three weeks ago or, you know, a year or a month ago. You know, it's, it's still, it still takes some time, um, you know, to quiet your brain uh, and, and um, you have to be consistent with it. And, and then even, even, even then you still don't quiet your brain completely because if you quiet the brain, then, then it's dead. Right. So, you're not trying to quiet your brain, you're just trying to slow down your thoughts. Because the thoughts, like the that's that's how the brain is wired. So if you're trying to like shut down your brain or start or be in being a space of no thought, you know, it's the space of no thought is, is a space detached from the thoughts. Mm because the thoughts are going to always be there, no matter what. But there's another space where you can be where there's no thoughts. And it's just like, ah, I'm not even thinking about anything. (laughs) And then once you realize that you're not thinking about anything, then you're okay with being there, not thinking about anything, not doing anything. It's just like, ah, I'm here. And you enjoy the moment. You know, and the reason why we, we, we're we not able to enjoy any moment because we are always looking to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and boredom for us is boring, right? But when you can find the uh, entertainment and uh, excitement and boredom, then you come out of that boredom like, wow, life. Wow, I could do this. Yes. You know, you come up with a, with a sense of awareness that's so heightened. You're like... Why you know you start questioning people on like why you why are you ungrateful for that? Like I saw that completely different than how you saw it. Like why why do you feel that way about that? Like you don't get it. Like actually I do. I see that you don't get it because you, you know, you take you're taking this for granted and taking that for granted, but you're not seeing like the the actual you you can't see the benefits. And that's when you understand that a lot of people are not as conscious as they, they say they are, you know, it's, the, it's those small things that amount to the big things. And when you can see those small things and you get a chance to piece the small pieces together to see the big thing. Uh, um, And it just comes from a level of awareness and just being able to to, to sit and be okay with sitting.
0: Yeah. I think the power to be alone is so powerful. I think it was like Rumi who says the power to be alone is, or the capability to to be alone is a capability to love. Um, And I like that a lot because I think it's just so important. If you can just be by yourself and, you know, like you'll always be happy just by having yourself, even if you have nothing, then that's the power to truly like enjoy all these other things in, in your life when they do happen or when they do come.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're supposed to be able to love yourself first before you can love anyone else. You know, that's the that's the reason for like high, uh, you know, high divorces, high rates of, mm-hmm. of divorce is because, you know, people get married at a young age um, and they do it only because they've probably seen someone else do it. Or um, they think that's what you should do. Right. But Or that's just a part of their culture. But the reality of it is we really don't know ourselves until like the age of 30. You know, when we mm-hmm. go through that last um, that metamorphosis uh, as an adult Uh we, we transition out of our twenties, and at the age of thirty and beyond, like everything is kind of set. Like, okay, this is what we want to do in, in this. This is what I want to do in this life. I want to. I want to do this. I want to accomplish this. Um, you know, it's it's like you have a you have an internal roadmap of like, okay, this is how I want to see my life for the next from from these years beyond. And so that's the time when you should really consider you know getting married. and and having kids and and so forth. But the years before that, like, you're still trying to figure yourself out. You you, know, you're going to a party and then you question, like, why am I at this party when I should be at home? (laughs) Oh, well. The music is good. I'm enjoying it. Like, do you want a drink? Like, no. Like, do I want a drink? Then they ask you again, like, no. Do I, you know what? I'll just take one, all right? <laughs> you know, all, all, all types of stuff. Um, and so um, that's why when you get the, you know, when you turn 30, it's just like, I don't care about being at a party. Uh, you know, like, I'm okay with where I am. And you start finding the, um, the excitement and in your life at that moment in time. And then when you have kids, you find those moments where you can appreciate you know, what you have in front of you. Uh, and so that's, that's what life is about, just being able to appreciate those small things because of all of those small things, they add up to the big things.
0: Mm, I love that. And I think we can all appreciate how valuable like mindfulness and meditation can be for all of our lives. And so um, like backing on that, the next question is brought to you by All In's presenting sponsor, Restoic, a mental training app for athletes. Now, specifically, why is meditation important for athletes?
1: Um, So meditation is important for athletes because uh, it allows for you to heighten. Your awareness, which is key to um, tapping into the zone. Uh, mm. Yeah, you you learn how to tap into the zone, and um, um, uh, you can operate from from that space where uh, nothing can stop you, and you don't feel connected to any of your emotions, um, and your mindset is just uh, fixated on you know being being great. And uh, you know, just it's like coming out of coming coming out of a uh, coming out of a dream. You know, you your body just reacted in the way that it was trained, and it does what it needs to do, and then you come out of it. So that's why it's important for um, um, for athletes to practice mindfulness and meditation.
0: Awesome. And what's, what's your, your approach? Cause I know that you help athletes and high achievers with this to balance peace and power. Could you walk me through like your approach to that?
1: Yeah. Um, I'll make it real simple. Uh, <laughs> you find, um, you find your power within your peace. Uh, you know, true power, um, uh, you know, it, well, it takes power to, like push a tire up a hill or to, you know, to lift weights, uh, to push a bobsled, right? Uh, <laughs> um, but, it, uh, you know, that's that's just, you know, physical power.
0: Mm-hmm. But true
1: power comes from peace, finding your peace, like being um, completely okay with who you are and where you are in life. And, um, you know, your true power comes from silence. Uh, like like a baby, right when a baby is born, it comes from silence it's in the it's in the womb, it's there you know it's it's has a an incubation um but when it comes out it it grabs the attention and the love of everyone right it's just like it commands the attention like That was a miracle, look at the baby, oh my goodness. You know, but that's where the true power comes from because look how how we react to that powerful moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, So, um, yeah, you find your power within your peace and your peace, you find your peace by uh, looking within.
0: Awesome, I love that. And so I want to, um, I always ask like a couple quick questions. And um, the first thing, and I, I know that you probably are going to answer meditation to this. So perhaps let's let's think of a, something outside of meditation or drinking water. But what is one thing that you do daily that's like the biggest game changer in your life? I know I, I took the I took the good answers <laughs> of meditation and water off the table.
1: <laughs> no, it's uh, I mean you know besides reading, uh, mm-hmm. um. What's what's something else that I do every day? Uh yeah, you know, besides working out, uh I'm trying to get really, really deep into it. Um, um I I one of the things that I do every day is just like uh I play a like a I'm a mind game with myself, like the focusing game. Like mm. just just allowing myself to get into the zone, like where I just, like I I, I don't I, I don't know, I don't really know how to explain it because I just do it. Like what something that I do with my eyelids, and then it's something that happens with my <laughs> with my forehead, you know, and they they connect, and like. I can see things before it happens. It's like oh, I was like, oh, that's about to fall. You know, and I can see it like right before it happens. It's like a signal sent to me, like, uh, they're about to drop something. And I stick my hand out and I grab it like before it falls, before it breaks, before it does anything. Like just able to, I don't know, to like connect. I can mm-hmm. connect to my environment, you know, every day. Um, uh, and it's just being still. Um, i like that yeah just when you know i don't know if i practice it every day uh it just happens every day
0: Mm, like just uh, yeah it sounds like you kind of describe like being in the zone essentially
1: yeah that's just just being you know so when you start your day off uh with the practice of um being still you know you carry that out throughout the rest of your day and uh And and yeah, uh, everything else arises from that space, that moment that, you know, I'm in the vortex. So, (laughs) um, yeah. So that's probably one of the things that I pretty much do every day. Um, You know, it's just a nonstop constant because, um, you know, when it comes to like being the greatest version of yourself, you know, um, I learned how to tap into that. And, uh, you know, like I've been doing this for, Eleven years plus, and I don't plan on stopping. Uh, uh, i plan on being the the uh, the the model, you know, for this because I can feel it. Like when it comes to having, like you know, when it comes to having supreme confidence, like I have it. Like no matter what, like no matter where I am, like I'm having a good time. I could just switch it on, just like, oops, and just go into a whole nother mode. It's just like, ah. And then I after I go into that mode, I come right back out of it and I continue to keep doing the things that I'm doing. It's just just a part of me. Just I don't know, it's just something I've been practicing for a very long time because I've always wanted to to unequivocally be the best. Me. And and then remind people like, oh, you're you're lacking. If you're not doing this, all right, you need to do this because this is going to do X, Y, and Z, and actually A, B, and C, so and all the other letters in between. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you you do this, and and I guarantee you, there's no like, oh, like if you do this, this could possibly happen. No, it's a guarantee. Like I see it. Like it's nothing that I can that I can't see. You know, like I'm just connected to everything, and so I think that's important for a lot of people. Just get connected to. Um, nature and yourself and um, you'll be able to see a lot more things.
0: Mm, that's awesome. That's, that's great. And a really thoughtful answer to, to that question. The next one is if you're like, say you're on your deathbed and you're looking back on your life and you can only describe your legacy in one word, what do you want that one word to be?
1: Authenticity.
0: Mm, I
1: like yeah. it. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's the, that's the space that I come from. Yeah, You know, being authentic to to me. uh, uh, Just enjoy being me and most people, you know, they want me to look this way or sound this way and, you know, act this way and and I get it, but um, I feel that if I'm not me, then how will I be a role model to others, you know, to tell them to be themselves and be the best version of themselves. So,
0: Mm, that's
1: awesome yes
0: so before before we end this where can people learn more about what you do and where can they purchase your book i'm gonna make sure to put like a link in the in the show notes
1: <laughs> yes um so um learn about more of what i do you can go to my website www.princedanielsjr.com um, my book you can find it on amazon.com if you do get it please write a review after you read it um, um And I have a a course coming out um, for athletes, uh, teaching them to unlock their peak performance. And then I have one coming out for uh, high achievers. Um, So people that may not be um, athletes, but they're high achievers, uh, that'll be coming out in February and the other one will be in March. Um, So you, you can find all the information on my website as well. And so just teaching people, you know, everything that I learned over um, my course of being at the monastery and um, being a professional athlete as well, you know, because uh, you know it's it's about the mastering the, the the balance between your power and your peace. And you know, a lot of people, you know, talk about mindset and and this. Well, I take this this to a whole nother level and help you transcend above the mundane. You know, and there's no more there's no more excuses from after you take my course. It's just it's like you know, you either do or you don't. I'm like mm. Master Yoda. You know, there's is no ifs, <laughs> ands, buts in between. It's just, it is. It just is. And I understand my power. I understand my peace. And um, I'm sharing it with people, you know, uh, with, with professional athletes or, or or high achievers that really are looking to take over and dominate.
0: Mm, that's awesome and I know like on your website too you have some great free downloads so if people want to plug in their email and download those and I'm sure they'll be notified when you come up with your course as well
1: yes yeah, just yeah go and check out my ebook the five essential lessons on uh, a successful life living a successful life you know that has some great content in there as well some of the things that I that I that I use um on my journey you know being a professional athlete and some of the things that um, I discovered you know just some of the things, just knowing what your purpose is, um, finding a, a great coach or mentor, and being able to apply um, what you've learned, you know, um, and make sure that you ask questions. Because uh, a lot of times, you know, to get to from from point A to point B, you still need a guide. And so that's why a mentor and a coach is really good for you. So, you know, just keep those things in mind. But, yeah, you'll find all, all the more information about that um, on my website download the free book. You'll love it. Get involved and, you know, get in, um, um, tap into your, your greatness.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing your journey as well as these tips that people can take into their own lives when it comes to meditation and mindfulness and drinking water and all those great things that, that we jammed out on.
1: Right. Exactly. Most definitely. No, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on, on your podcast.